podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine morning? What up? Good morning, everybody. Excuse me. I do not have the world's greatest voice today, but uh, we are still here. So just just bear with us because nothing will stop us from talking Niners football. Yeah, no, we are we are excited to jump into the offseason, sometimes just as fun as the regular season free agency is around the corner the nfl combine is this week a fun fun time to be a football fan a fun time to be a 49ers fan and we are excited to be here to chat about that with you the first thing we need to chat about is we did have a little bit of breaking news over the weekend daniel i forgot to mention this to you beforehand but I'm sure you saw that 49ers long snapper Tabor Pepper signed a three-year contract extension. So uh, George Kittle Light will continue to be with the team for a few more years. George Kittle Light. Did you see his uh, his announcement video? I did not see the video, no. It was pretty funny. It started out all uh, all like black and white and really somber, and he was like, to the faithful. It's been a great like four years, however many it's been. He's like, but sometimes it's time to like it totally makes it sound like he's leaving, and then it just cuts to Leo DiCaprio, The Wolf of Wall Street. The I'm not leaving. Yeah, it was a it was a great a great video, but nothing super important there. Other than I mean, it's it's good to have him with the team. A bad long snapper can be a problem, and uh, Pepper is certainly not a bad long snapper. I don't know, Daniel. Anything else with that news? What I love about him is, like, in in no disrespect, but, like, he understands his position. He understands that he is a long snapper and that that is maybe not the most sexy position in football or most important. Um, and he, he gets that. And so he does this fun thing. And I just – I think it's awesome. Like, the role he plays on special teams is a big deal. Um, <clears throat> but I just – I really love the way that he went about it. Yeah. I mean, Bill Belichick was a long snapper, so yeah, you never know. But, oh boy! All right, well, that is the main breaking news we've got here. We're excited to jump into a uh, an action-packed episode that we have planned out for you. We're going to start actually looking back a little bit for one last time at the 2022 and 23 NFL season. We're going to do our 49ers season awards, which is going to be very, very fun. And then we are going to finish up with chatting about some free agents. We would love the 49ers to bring in. So I don't, Daniel and I have not, have not gone over these awards together. So maybe we awarded the same person. Maybe we went different, same with our free agents. So will be fun to see what we are both thinking there. And yeah, without without further ado, it's time for the 49ers Unrestricted 49ers Team Awards. What do you want to what do you want to start with, Daniel? That's what I was just going to ask you. Um, let us start off with offensive player of the year. Oh. 
Offensive Player of the Year. We're getting right into it. For me, and we, you know, we can explain each pick a little bit, give a little background. For me, that is going to be Christian McCaffrey. Mm, okay. I have Christian McCaffrey in there as Offensive Player of the Year. One, because of what he brings to the team. And I think the fact that he is on the team, he helps other guys be better simply by being a filthy option for any part of the game, whether it's passing a touchdown, catching one, or rushing one. Um, he makes he helps make this offense what it what it is or what it what it can truly be at its best. Um, he got a touchdown so many weeks in a row. Uh, the Niners won eight straight or nine straight with him, I believe, when they got him, if not more. Um, that was a huge part of it for me. And yes, there is part of part of me that wanted to give it to Brock Purdy. Um, I gave Brock plenty of awards, so I wanted to give this one to someone else. Um, I did consider George Kittle, but that was only really the second half of the season. Um, I, yeah, I just did not feel good about giving it to anyone else, except I thought about giving it to Trent Williams. Nice. But I, I didn't. I completely agree with all of the logic you gave. I am not giving this one to CMC. I'm trying to give everyone a unique award just so we get to talk about as many guys as possible. I'm giving mine, and I think like this is because I'm giving other awards to other offensive players, but I'm actually giving it to Brandon Ayuk. I think Brandon Ayuk had a phenomenal season for the 49ers. His first time going over 1,000 passing yards. And to some extent, he was the 49ers wide receiver one this year. Debo was pretty injured. While Debo is for sure the 49ers superstar wide receiver, Ayuk really, really stepped up and proved that he had what it takes to be a true wide receiver one on, on this 49ers team. And there was everything, all the offseason narratives of he's out of the doghouse, he's been working, working, working. I, I think it really paid off for him. So Ayuk is getting my offensive player of the year. But I, I should caveat that with I'm I'm giving a few other offensive players awards, and I just want to get to shout out as many guys as possible. So I think this was Brandon Ayuk's. He had flashed it before, but this was his true I belong in the NFL as an elite guy season. And so because of that, I, I think he deserves this award. I like that. I think we're both going for a, hey, we want to shout out all the guys we can and talk about all the team. And so I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Who do you have for defensive player of the year? Um, well, me and the NFL agree on this one. I am wow. giving really, Nick really Bosa defensive player of the year for the 49ers. Um, not a hard conversation. He won Defensive Player of the Year in the league. He has been a superstar from the moment he put on the red and gold, and he has improved every step of the way, come back from the ACL tear stronger and faster, and he proved that he is the the NFL's best defensive player this year. Just getting after the quarterback, fighting through double teams, making his impact known every single snap. Snap. Nick Bosa has always been phenomenal and continued to be phenomenal this year. And uh, pay the man his money, John. Bosa, I think, is is on track to be the, four, the league's most expensive defensive player. And he has earned that by every single measurement you could possibly have. So just a, a phenomenal season from Nick Bosa. And he is my defensive player of the year for the 49ers. I like it. I, uh, 
I don't really care what the NFL gives for their award. I uh, I went different here. Um, no, I'm kidding. Of course not. Uh, I love what the NFL has said and done and given it to Nick Bosa. I, too, am giving the award to Nick Bosa. No one is shocked. Um, I, I Could you imagine if uh, he did not win Defensive Player of the Year on his own team, but he did it throughout the entire league? Yeah, no, that's that would have been possible. pretty funny. We would have had a riot. On our, or like one listener would have been really upset with us. I, uh, I think that in terms of personality, I would say that Nick Bosa is not the heart and soul of this of this team. But I think in terms of play on the field, he is. I want to find a different phrase than heart and soul of this team. Um, he is the centerpiece where everything starts and stops with him in a sense. Um, and I don't just mean that I don't mean every, every play, obviously that's not possible, but there's just not much more we can say about the, the best defensive player in the league and how incredible he is. And yes, John needs to pay the man, uh, easy, easy award. You know, we want to make it this big thing. It's like, Nope, we, we all know that's a thing. No one, we all, we all know by watching. Yeah. So congratulations. Totally agree. It's been a uh, it it was a phenomenal season from Nick Bosa. He the only reason to not give him defensive player of the year was if you were giving him 49ers MVP, I think would have been the the only excuse. And I thought about it. I absolutely thought about it. Oh, you had uh, to. You'd be crazy not to. So we we did offensive and defensive rookie of the year, right? We did off I we can. I awarded one rookie of the year, but I can probably come up with a defensive rookie of the year real quick. Okay, well, excuse me. I feel like there's not many options for us, so we can do we can do rookie of the year and just do it general, and we can throw out some other names too. Let's do yeah. Let's do let's do a general rookie of the year. Should we just say it at the same time, or did you give him MVP? Oh no, you did you already award him? No, no. Here we go. Our rookie of the year on this drum roll, Forty Niners, my Brock Purdy, Jake Brendel. He's not a rookie. Well, for us, he is. <laughs> um, but yeah, Brock, Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant, Mister Relevant, as as many have taken to calling him, from Irrelevant Week in Newport Beach to uh, almost taking the 49ers to a Super Bowl. The team has not lost a game with a healthy Brock Purdy under center. The city of San Francisco loves this man. He so is everything we ever could have dreamed of from a Mr. Irrelevant. He came in third string, went undefeated while healthy, went back out there unable to throw and tried to get the team a win. Brock, 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 currently in line for some elbow surgery, which had to be delayed until this week because of some inflammation. Still not sure if he's going to need Tommy John. It's a mess. But you know what? In 2022, Brock Purdy was the 49ers Offensive Rookie of the Year and Defensive Rookie of the Year, I'd say. He was the Rookie of the Year, and I don't think you can question that at all. Daniel, talk to me about Brock. Yes, Brock Purdy is, excuse me, Brock Purdy is the Rookie of the Year for the San Francisco 49ers and the NFL. They just got it wrong. Maybe he didn't win in the NFL, but that's incorrect. It is incorrect. I, I get he didn't play a full season, um, but he did better than any rookie could, and I think arguably he did better than any rookie did even in the time span in which he did. Uh, as you said, you said the city loves him. 
Uh, everyone loves Brock Purdy. I mean, we've we've talked about it plenty throughout the year. The thing that will always I will always remember the most about Brock Purdy in his rookie year is the circumstances in which he came in, in, and how he held that, how he held himself, yeah. how the confidence and the poise and the patience that he had. Um, and I don't I don't I'm not trying to dig Trey Lance here, but that was our biggest qualm with Trey when he first got in is he this guy looks panicky he does not look settled he was 20 years old so I get it uh Brock has a little more years on him but just you know I say just college experience college experience is very valuable but being the last pick in the NFL draft and coming into a game and looking as confident as Tom Brady is nuts or having that that same idea that same sense of I know what's at stake, but I am calm, cool, collected, and confident here. I was I was blown away by that, and I think that alone can award him this this award. Yeah, I I agree. It's not it's not up much up for debate. The only way to not give it to Brock is if you gave him team MVP, but clearly we went a different direction there. I, well, I every... wasn't fully joking on the Jake Brendel thing. I know he's not a rookie. He's a rookie with us, and he did incredible. And so that was my shout-out to Jake Brendel. Well, what if someone has an award in mind for, for Jake Brendel? Um, That's awesome. He might I get do. a shout-out. Then I love Should we that. do unrelated? Maybe we should talk about the most improved player on the on the 49ers. Well, if if we were to do offensive-defensive rookie of the year, you know, we gave offensive to Brock Purdy, of course. Um, Drake Jackson? Defensive I think it has to be Drake Jackson because he was no good. Else, no, yeah, no one else really had enough time, if, if at all. I have a hard time giving him an award though because I'm a little disappointed in Drake Jackson. I think we we talked before this season how we really hoped he could be the true number two pass rusher on this 49ers team, and he probably still can be. And he became a great rotational rusher, but he never established himself as the go-to guy outside of the rotation. He was just yeah. one of the guys in the rotation, and I had really hoped he could establish himself as the top dog in that rotation, the true number two under Bosa. And while he is probably the second best pass rusher on his team, he on the team he did not prove that by a mile. So I just no. I agree he was the defensive rookie of the year, but I was just kind of disappointed. So I have a hard time giving him that award. But I I think he is the name. But I had just hoped for a bit more from him. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, you want to do most improved, you said? Yeah, let's do most improved. Who you got? Jake Brendel. And I ah. I don't know. There's a, there's a couple names. But there's two offensive line names that I kind of thought about here. I think, and Brandon Ayuk was the other guy I kind of thought about, but he had been so good before, I, I didn't think it made sense. Jake yeah. Brendel, I mean, came off the practice squad from, from all of last year and came in to be the 49ers starting center and pretty much immediately was one of the best centers in the league. I mean, he is a like he would be a top free agent if he was a free agent. He played really really well. And and all you can ask, there's two things you can ask for from an an NFL center, right? He can be Travis Kelsey, or not Travis Kelsey, he can be Jason Kelsey, 
or you can never have to say his name when you watch a game. And we never had to say Brendel's name. There was never a time we were like, "Ah, oh, Brendel, what are you doing?" He just he played yeah. really, really well. And for a guy who has been not a center his entire career and kind of bounced around from team to team, was on the 49ers practice squad last year. To go from a, a pr- practice squad player to a starter on the team who you you weren't worried about, I I don't I think that immediately makes you most improved. And so I'm I'm going with Brendel. I love it. I love the pick. I love the. The evidence supporting the pick. Um, I went with Diamador Lenore. Great pick. I felt like Diamador Lenore, again, kind of this. In, uh, similarly to how you feel about Drake Jackson, like I wouldn't say we're disappointed in Lenore at all. Um, he improved, so okay, I guess I'm. I'm that's not going to be a, a fair comparison then. Um, I still expect more from Lenore. Is what I'm saying. I want more. I think he can be better. He is still so young, so he's got that time. But going from where he was last season, getting his quick, I think, two weeks, and then getting taken out, and Avery Thomas kind of finished a lot of the, the season two seasons yeah. ago. Then this next season, Thomas barely plays, and Lenore steps in and takes over. I think he started out in the nickel, like, Week one, two, and then Emmanuel Mosley tears his ACL uh, very early on. I can't remember what week, but that was way early in the season. So Lenore moves as as cornerback number two across from Trevarius Ward. And that, I believe, is when Jimmy Ward started to play nickel. And it was Hufunga and Gibson in safety. And... Again, Lenore wasn't perfect, but my goodness, he made massive improvements from his rookie season. And so I was very impressed with the leaps and bounds he took in just one year. And so that's why I say, okay, I'm excited there's more. And we're not at all disappointed. That was a horrible word to use. But I'm like, there's more. I'm 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 more focusing on how much more he has left than the leaps and bounds he has made since last season. So I want to take that time to uh, – admire the work that he has done in just one season yeah a great a great year from him i think he totally justified for the award was there anyone else you were thinking about for this one daniel i had one more name that i kind of went back and forth with uh you can make a case for a good amount of guys totally yeah you had said well i guess I was going to say potentially on the O-line, but I think if I was to give it to someone else, I would have to give it to my boy Talanoa Hufunga. Because totally makes sense. He had a great year. That guy's an all-pro. He did great as a rookie, uh, but he, again, leaps and bounds from just one year. And uh, I would absolutely – yeah, I mean, that's actually – potentially he could he, – he makes more sense than Lenore uh, just because his second year he becomes an all-pro. Like that's – that's quite the improvement, man. I'm sure the uh, I'm sure the listeners too um, are not surprised to hear Talanoa Hufunga's name mentioned on this episode from you. So, no, makes perfect sense. Very on brand. That's my guy. Uh, the name I was thinking about was Mike McGlinchey. I was very interested in shouting out here. Although, now that you say sure it, I think Hufunga was probably him. the correct pick. Sorry, say that again? I wasn't sure if you were doing him or potentially if you were looking at uh, Aaron Banks. 
Yeah, Aaron Banks played really, really well, but I'm I'm going Hufunga here, or not Hufunga. I'm going McGlinchey here, um, which is tough because McGlinchey has been good, but he's just he's had flaws in his game a lot, and he's been a weak spot on the offensive line. He had some injury, and he just kind of put it all together this season, which is almost harder for the 49ers as now he approaches his free agency. Like, what do we what do we do here? Like, what's the plan when we think about the fact that he like has we've seen him be bad and we've seen him be good. What what's the plan going in? But yeah. we'll we'll chat a little bit. I think about the right tackle spot in the free agent segment of today's episode. But McGlinchey really, really did have a great year this year, and I, I think he deserves a shout out for it. But he also has now put the team in a harder position to figure out what to do with his spot going forward. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that is absolutely something we're talking about. We'll talk more about it when we get to our free agents. But McGlinchey is in the conversation, and he deserves a good amount of money. And so we're going to discuss if we feel like the Niners are ready to do that with him. Yeah, absolutely agree. All right, What do we got left? We have M. VP most valuable player on the 49ers for 2022. I'm genuinely very curious who you're going here because I know who I'm going. Um, want me to go first and then we'll hear yours or let's do it on three. One, two, three. Brock Christian Purdy. McCaffrey. Say Got yours it. again. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Yeah. I think, I, uh, I, I think that makes sense. Case. I tried to make a case for other guys. And I just am thinking, and I, what honestly, what really did it for me is the players, it's George Kittle and other guys saying, Hey, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Brock. Hey, we wouldn't even, we wouldn't even be in this game if it wasn't for Brock. That's a good point. And I'm like, okay, I get that. What, what got me was just thinking about how the team completely transformed from, um, from before and after Christian McCaffrey joining. This That's team why was I gave him the offensive because that same thinking. Yeah, because you can say the win streak started with Brock, but it kind of started with with CMC, and he just played so well. I mean, you think about the three, t- like the multiple touchdown games, the touchdown streak. He just he played really, really, really well, and it was it was great to see him out there. So I I thought a really really well done job by Christian McCaffrey, and I thought he just the way he transformed the 49ers offense is what what did that to me. But I I think you can say the same thing about Brock, and he being a quarterback probably was the true MVP. That's how the uh, that's how the MVP works, right? It's a, it's truly a quarterback award. So that might be a better uh, yeah. a better award. But either name I think is deserving to me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have much else to add. No, I, I would agree wholeheartedly with that. And I I think we, we gave Christian McCaffrey the same, not the same award, but the same thought process behind the award where that's, that's why I gave him Offensive Player of the Year. It's you, not only did you help transcend this offense of, with your ability and your brain, your very presence helped transcend this offense with you being there on the field, with what you bring, the options that you are able to create. Uh yeah, I, I think he is he is one of the biggest reasons that we were able to do what we did. Um and he didn't necessarily ask for a lot of credit. Uh he got he got plenty from fans and people who love him and understand how good he is, but uh this is quite the talent that we are witnessing and cannot wait to have around for quite a while. Yeah. Well uh 
can't say it any better than that. I think it's it's to, it's interesting that we both wound up on midseason kind of players, guys who didn't even play the whole season. But I don't think you can argue against against either one. So, well, it's been that's fun. Actually, that's actually a really good point. Yeah, I didn't I didn't catch that that they're both midseason players, but I don't I don't know who I I don't really like that doesn't change anything for me. No, I I agree. Um, well, anything else on 2022? If not, I think it's time to, uh, to leap into looking ahead and talk a little free agency before the start of the NFL league year in about a week and a half or so. Let us do it. Sweet. All right. Well, Daniel and I have each prepared three free agents. We think the 49ers should be interested in in the 2023 offseason and i don't know i don't have much to much to say free agency is always a fun a fun spot and i think this will bring up great conversations too just about roster holes we're we're thinking about and and things like that so yeah. i'm um i'm excited to see what we've come up with daniel why don't you why don't you take it away okay and these are in no particular order okay okay uh I, I say that, but then I say this potentially might be my most desired signing the Niners could possibly do this offseason. Okay? okay. And that is linebacker Aziz Alshire. I want us to bring back Aziz Alshire so badly. Uh, we have an incredible linebacker core. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, arguably, or not arguably, I can't even argue it, the best linebacker duo in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And I think a large part of that is from past defensive coordinators, Robert Sala and Demeco Ryans, uh, especially Demeco Ryans, who is good, good friends with these guys and has helped make them the incredible men and players that they are. Uh, linebacker is a hard position. Fred and Dre do a, gr- a great job at staying healthy, especially Fred. But it is hard to remain healthy at that position, and we need to have our core there. That is so much of what our defense relies on. And Aziz Alshire is the NFL's greatest third-string linebacker. And as much as I would be happy for him to go be the team's first or second-string linebacker, I want to keep him on the Niners as the third string and holding down one of the strongholds of our defense is the linebacker room. And I, I think we just need to have all three of those linebackers on our team to continue playing at the success that they do. Yeah, totally agree. I think that that totally makes sense. And I think it brings up, even if it doesn't turn out to be Al Shire, though I agree, I think he's the guy you want. A linebacker, bringing in a linebacker is something the team will, will need to do. So definitely a spot worth bringing up and might be a guy in free agency, maybe from the draft, but I agree that Al Shire is the number one, the number one move. Who do you guys, your number one? Or as I, your I guess one? I didn't rank my guys. I just kind of threw out three names. But yeah. I have on mine, I have Brandon Graham currently on the okay. Philadelphia Eagles. He's an edge rusher. He was coming in for about 15 to 20 snaps a game by the end of the year and, and, and still making an impact. And I think the 49ers' stock of edge rushers have been, well, the 49ers have been reliant on a huge rotational pass rush in a, in 
in simu- simultaneously with Nick Bosa's dominance, they've had they've been able to bring in fresh legs and just go go go, which is what the Eagles did this year as well. They had an incredible rotation, and if you look at the roster, the guys under contract coming into next year, it's not that many. We're gonna have to bring guys back. We're gonna have to make some moves to keep that depth we've always had at pass rusher in the Shanahan Lynch era. And so I think bringing in a guy like Graham, who is is still an impact player, but doesn't need to play a ton of snaps and is definitely on the at the end of a phenomenal career, I think makes a lot of sense. Let him come in, work with a guy like Drake Jackson, and we continue to hope that that Jackson steps up to be that true number two guy. But then we also want to bring in more and more rotational pieces to to supplement Bosa. And so Brandon Graham is a name that I think makes a lot of sense for that. And then I want to bring him up as a whole just to chat for a minute about the idea of the 49ers bringing in more rotational pass rushers. I don't know, Daniel, was that something you looked at? Yes, it definitely was. Uh, we do it every year. We, we bring in our guys, um, not usually of the caliber of Brandon Graham, but I think that it would be more than okay to see that. He is older. He is past his, his prime in what we've seen him do, I would say. Uh, but I do think that is a huge part of it. And I think that, you know, Samson Ebukum is currently a free agent, so he's currently off the team unless he gets re-signed. So someone's got to come in. Um, I don't – I like the, the point you made for the rotational aspect, but I don't like where we're at currently with – you know, I don't want Nick Bosa to rotate. I love him being there. Uh, but he does anyways, and so we got Drake Jackson. But then we're, we're missing that at least third or even a fourth key piece. So – I would love to see a guy like Brandon Graham. Um, and there aren't there aren't oodles of defensive ends out there in this free agent class. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. The Eagles do have a lot of free agents. Uh, Javon Hargrave is uh, on NFL's article. He's ranked number three. Uh, we use the same resource, I see. Yeah, he's ranked number three for uh, free agents. He's not someone I'm saying we should sign, but he... As he's up there, <clears throat> excuse me, he's up there. Uh, Deron Payne was just franchise tagged, so he's out. Um, the other Graham guy I looked at, Daniel, was uh, Arden Key, another yes. a former 49er coming back yeah. into the into the fold. He was a free agent who has just finished up his year on the Jaguars. I, I think could make a make a lot of sense. He did. He was with us in the 2021 season. So that was the name I, I looked at that's on the free agent list that I think might make potentially even more sense than Graham, falling into that same mold of bringing in another rotational edge rusher. Yeah, and what's I remember especially two years ago, but over the last over the few years of us doing this podcast, we've talked about how the last few years for that Niners defensive line, especially the interior, is just kind of this this revolving door every season or every couple seasons especially after we lost DJ Jones. Um, But even before him, it was just like, okay, what guy are we going to get? What free agents are we going to sign to a one-year deal so they can come in, learn our system, be a great defensive lineman, and go get a bigger contract somewhere else? And Arden Key was one of those main guys. I'd say DJ Jones was like the poster child for it because he got the biggest deal, and he was the best. But Arden Key just comes in. He plays linebacker, defensive end interior he can do it all he comes in one year and then boom gets a pretty big contract and it is a hot commodity in jacksonville so it'd be it'd be cool to have a reunion yeah absolutely i think i think 
there's a couple other names too that fall into that category. Even like Jadavian Clowney, if you want to go like an older guy, or uh, nah. Melvin Ingram. There's a lot of names out there that that could make sense to bring into the 49ers pass rush room. So Brandon Graham is the guy I went with, but I think you could substitute a lot of guys and and basically say exactly what I said and uh, have a really good case. Daniel, who's your uh, your second free agent you want the Niners to grab? My second free agent that I want the Niners to grab is someone I don't think they will, but okay. someone that I think would be what I would like. That is Jamel Dean, cornerback formerly on the Bucks. Okay. I want that to be to happen because our offense is intact. We've got two young quarterbacks who are going to duke it out. We've got our receivers. We've got our running backs. We've got our tight end and our O-line for the most part, right? Offense is there. Defense is incredible, but it's still that thing that I think, and you see that pretty much every year for defenses, they're always being refined in some way. And it's not just a contract issue. They're just, they're always being refined or bolstered in any way they can. And I'm not saying, yeah, it's hard because when we make these three picks, I feel like we also in that, in picking that free agent, we need to also pick the three most obvious areas of addressing. And that's not what I did. I'm not saying that the cornerback is the number one area of addressing, especially if Mosley is able to come back healthy and we have Lenord and we still have Ambry Thomas and Samuel Womack. But if they signed Jamel Dean, they had him and Traverius Ward as your starting corners. And then uh, depending on Mosley's return, if, if he came back and they split time or Lenore was in the nickel, that does leave Hufunga and Gibson as the starting safeties. And Gibson did okay, but I don't necessarily want to move into the next season with Gibson as the starting safety. But we would be seeing the cornerback room for the Niners being this elite for the first time in I don't know how long. You, I, I love it. And I totally think it makes sense. I also focused on the secondary and you kind of segued perfectly into my next guy. So I, I totally agree with everything you said. think it makes a bunch of sense. I actually went similar direction, but with a safety. And this is my guy who is like the, the top, top, top of the, of the safety room. I think there's a couple really good safeties. You got Jesse Bates hitting free agency. I'm going with Jordan Poyer from yeah. the Buffalo bills is the I guy love. I think the 49ers should look at. Love Poyer did recently come out and say it doesn't sound he doesn't sound like he's really planning on going back to Buffalo. He said something like, I'm excited to live in a state where taxes don't take half of my money and where I can go outside every week of the year. You come to San Francisco, you get one of those two things. Um, you can go outside every week of the year, really enjoy the weather, and lose probably more than half your money in income taxes. But regardless, so we can get him one of the two, is kind of my my pitch to Jordan Poyer, but Poyer has spent the last few seasons being half of the best safety duo in the country. I think you bring him in with Gibson, stick him next to all pro Talanoa Hufunga, who just is going to continue to improve, improve. And I, I think bringing someone in, Gibson played phenomenal, but bringing someone in like Poyer who can just raise the ceiling of that safety room and mentor Hufanga, who, I mean, he's got the best mentor ever in Palomalu, but bring in somebody like Poyer, pair him with Hufanga. I, I think that makes a bunch of sense. I think you can make a similar case with, you could swap in the name, you know, Jesse Bates, make the same case. Heck, you could argue something similar about Jimmy Ward. I think that's the other case with bringing him in is Ward is 
probably out the door with the 49ers. Doesn't seem like that relationship is particularly salvageable at this point. So I think bringing in another safety, yes, Ward is also a nickel cornerback, but he's also been kind of that third string free safety for a while now. So I think bringing in uh, Jordan Poyer makes a ton of sense. You could also say Chauncey Gardner-Johnson of a top guy who's only 25. There's a lot of good safeties out there this year. I'm going with Poyer because he's a little, because he's not top, top, top of the guys. So he might be a little more affordable, but it's actually going to be a really fun offseason of safety movement, I think, if you're, if you're interested in safeties. So I, I think it should be fun to see what winds up happening with those guys. But Poyer's the guys, a guy I'm going with. I don't know, Daniel. You, you sounds like you spent some time thinking about the safety room. Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I went with Jamel Dean over the safety pick because I would like to see the cornerback. But again, I said it doesn't make as much sense. So I had Jordan Poyer on my list. I had Jordan Poyer slash Jesse Bates. <clears throat> I've liked Jesse Bates for a long time. I think he might be too big of a free agent to go get. Um, Poyer's a little older, I believe, so a little, little cheaper in that sense. Um, but I really do like both of those guys, and I would love to see one of them on the Niners. That would be awesome. Uh, I would like to see even a safety like uh, Taylor Rapp. Um, not necessarily Von Bell. Um, but I would like to, yeah, I, I do want to see us get some sort of safety. I don't like no hard feelings to Tashawn Gibson. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. He did great, but he was a veteran workout in, in the last off season and like right before camp. And that's great. But I, I just, we need, we need, we've, we've seen the ceiling of Deshaun Gibson, I think is the yep. best way to put it. We saw the best season he could possibly have for the 49ers and it was awesome. And we should be so thankful for it. And I'm so glad we had him on the team, but there are guys with a higher ceiling. We saw the best he can do and it was good. It was great, but it wasn't phenomenal. And there are guys who can take the limit off that add in the fact they could be a mentor to Hufanga. I think bringing in one of these vets makes a ton of sense in the safety room. Yeah. And I would I would put Jordan Poyer at the top of my list for that. So, yeah. Um, my last guy. I do want to spend some time afterwards, maybe just spitballing a couple of names that could be fun, not necessarily needed nor practical, uh, because I had a really hard time not putting Jason Kelsey as my third guy, because I would love to have Jason Kelsey on this team, um, but. Similarly to Jason Kelsey, former teammate, my third guy is Isaac Suomalo. I would love to see Isaac Suomalo signed. Um, we have not had a, a superb interior guard since Lincoln Tomlinson. I know mm. that was like two years ago. And even then, there were some questions around Lincoln at some point. Um, Isaac Suomalo is, is pretty dang good. And I would like to see one more really big piece on this offensive line, especially if we do not re-sign Mike McGlinchey. There's got to be some veteran we add to this offensive line. I would not be stoked about it, or I would then question Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's thinking if they're they're sticking with Trent on the left, of course. But then if the offensive line remains, like Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel, and then say Jalen Moore comes in a right guard, and then 
we draft a rookie or someone else comes in at right tackle, I would question that a lot. Like the offensive line is huge. We've always said that. and We usually address that for the most part. And if we don't do anything to it this offseason, that will be that will make me very nervous. Yeah, I also I agree. I think bringing in an interior guy makes sense. I spent my final free agency spot also on the offensive line. I love how we've paired up in similar but not the same spots. So it's we brought do, up some really fun discussions. Often. I went with the right tackle side. I totally agree with you. I think bringing in some guys on the interior makes a ton of sense. I, I think we've got Daniel Brunskill is a decent player. Banks has been playing well. I think Burford's going to continue to improve. So I think we might have oh, a shot to I anchor forget it. about Burford. I think we might have a shot to anchor it with Burford and Banks, especially with uh, Trent Williams continuing to take them both under his wing. The guy I'm folk I went with I I went with Isaiah Wynn from the Patriots, who's been their right tackle for a while. I think he might be my second favorite pick to bring in at the right tackle spot after Mike McGlinchey, but Mike McGlinchey is younger. It's going to take a lot of money to bring back because he's coming off a great year. So I could see the 49ers pivoting maybe to a, a veteran. I mean. They're in the room with McGlinchey every day, right? And so they, they see everything. So they know who the real Mike McGlinchey is. They know if he's the Mike McGlinchey of 2022 or if he's the Mike McGlinchey of 2020 and 2021, right? Like they know who the real guy is. And so I think if they're confident he's the guy he was this year, they're probably going to bring him back. But if they're not, it, it might make sense to go with somebody like Wynn or another more experienced guard who they just know they can put in and he's going to be good. And that that's fine. McGlinchey might have a higher ceiling, but we've seen his floor, I think. And we've seen that his floor can be quite low. And so I think McGlinchey bringing him back would make a ton of sense. Or I think thinking about pivoting to a veteran like Isaiah Wynn would, would make some sense as well. I saw someone tweet out randomly that the 49, that uh, the 49ers should trade Javon Kinlaw for Makai Becton from the Jets to bring in at that spot, which would be interesting to say the least. Um, but there's, so I think that right tackle spot might turn into like the most exciting spot on the 49ers roster this offseason. What direction they wind up going there. But I think bringing in a vet is definitely an option. So I wanted to bring up Isaiah Wynn just to, to get the ball rolling on that conversation. I don't know. Daniel, if you had to think, what what do you think is happening with the right tackle spot this year? Dude, I forgot about uh, Javon Kinlaw. <laughs> I just cannot remember the last time I've actually seen him play. Um, <clears throat> wow. My voice is horrible. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, I think that it's tough because if we stick with let me get this right this time. Trent, obviously. And then I assume if we were to start the year as is, like with what we got, it would be left guard Aaron Banks, center Jake Brendel, right guard Burford. Or do I need to switch Banks and Burford? I can't. Honestly, I'm embarrassed to say that I couldn't tell you who plays on which side. In the, I think Banks is left. But regardless. And then right tackle would then be Brunskill or Moore. And I think I meant to say Burford instead of Moore when I first did it, but still embarrassing. Uh, if they signed a veteran to right tackle, I would feel great about the offensive line, even with the interior being a more inexperienced uh, Aaron no. Banks, Jake Brendel, and Spencer Burford, because we love Spencer Burford. I think Aaron Banks has shown massive improvements. And Jake Brendel allowed like three sacks in the entire season. He did phenomenal. Yeah. One of the best centers in the league last year, and no one knew it. Uh, yeah. So I would feel great about that if we added a solid veteran piece and presence to the right tackle. And I, 
excuse me, I would feel great if that was Mike McGlinchey. I'd feel great if that was Isaiah Wynn. But I do want that to be a right tackle that I can have some serious confidence in and not just someone where, hey, this is who we can afford or this is who we drafted in the sixth round. I don't I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Yeah. What do you want McGlinchey or do you want a veteran? What do you think is the optimal decision for the Niners? A different veteran, you, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to bring back McGlinchey or do you want to bring in someone in free agency or draft a rookie? If you are your dream right tackle for the 49ers next year is my dream right tackle that yeah i mean that's available i would say yeah he's he's older now but I, i've always loved ryan and i can't say his last name on the saints ryan rimzak okay it's it's very funky uh i would go mcglinchy I, I would like to see the niners bring back mike mcglinchy and potentially and not potentially i would absolutely like them to draft a tackle somewhere in this draft where we have zero picks until the very late rounds uh because he is older and we you know you always want young young linemen in there um i would like there there's no other right tackle in this free agent class that i would like to see so much more than mcglinchy um and i do love mcglinchy and there are some good some good tackles here yeah I think I still lean towards McGlinchey probably being the best option. I don't think I want them to draft someone because I want the security of knowing... We're not going to be able to draft a guy who can come in and start and be great from day one. Like We just don't have those picks. And so with that in mind, I think I'd rather have us go with someone who um, who like has experience at the NFL level and at least isn't going to be bad. And so because of that, I kind of think... McGlinchey makes sense like I think McGlinchey or a vet is kind of what I the direction I want us to go but I'm I'm open to anything you know I would say the only other name that I would be pretty excited about is I believe it's former Falcons tackle Caleb McGarry McGarry yeah. so that that would be maybe the only other name that I would truly consider here um just for fun these are some names that I think would be awesome if the Niners got, maybe they signed Jason Kelsey for a year and we do another Alex Mack thing. Cause I mean, he's going back to Philly, but I love, could you imagine Jason Kelsey and, and George Kittle being on the same team? They would just tease Travis all day. Uh, less it could happen. Probably won't Fletcher Cox defensive end tackle for the formerly for the Eagles, a veteran presence for a year or two. He would be an awesome plug and play guy. Uh, why not have a third string quarterback? So if we get to the championship game and we need a guy, let's sign Gardner Minshew. Uh, we could also bring back Raheem Mostert as a third string running back behind beloved Christian McCaffrey. And you sadly, bring back Mostert. I love it. I want my Mostert jersey to live on, uh, and I want running back depth like no other because our. Our running backs don't stay healthy as often as we would like, um, but we understand. I love it. Bring back Raheem. I want my jersey to make sense still. Fastest man in the NFL. All right. Well, listeners, I think what you can gather from today's episode is that there are a bunch 
of different directions the 49ers can and will go in free agency in the draft and maybe even trades who knows it's going to be a fun fun time to be a 49ers fan we'll be recapping it all here on the 49ers unrestricted feed so thanks as always for joining us we're always excited to have you and daniel any any kind of parting thoughts i know we gotta gotta wrap up in a minute yeah, we don't really know what direction they're going with. And, and I feel like this is one of the first off seasons in a while where there's really not many clear answers heading into it. So when you see some news, keep an eye out for that. We're, we're excited to see what, what we do in this off season. Yeah, that it's going to be a fun one. Well, thanks for tuning in, listeners. And uh, as always, stay safe out there. Uh-huh.